Jason here. You're listening to Creative Status. This is a podcast about using your creativity to tap into your realness. Your realness is ultimately a sense of unconditional self-acceptance, and you can get there by using creativity as a vehicle for making the unconscious conscious, so you can unblock whatever you're blocking within yourself and find the truth, so you can have a better relationship with yourself, the world, and life itself by extension. Today's episode is for you if you're ready to face life head-on, but you want to play with it and experiment a little bit. It's an interview with Ashton Roddenheiser. Her expertise is helping people to understand themselves and life and creativity through the process of doodling. This is an awesome conversation where we talk about accepting life, death, how doodling can help us to take an experimental approach to figuring ourselves out, figuring out what's going on, and basically just learning to enjoy the process. So this was a really awesome one. Ashton, thank you so much for your time. Everybody else, hope you get some value out of this. Please leave a review so more people can find the podcast if it helps you. And other than that, here we go. Thanks a bunch. Boom. Oh, hi there, Ashton. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of Creative Status. We are going to talk about doodling today, which is a a very important topic, I believe. And we're going to look at how doodling can teach us to be more creative and human, I'm assuming. Before we get into it, do you feel like introducing yourself, telling people what you're all about, why you like doodling so much anyway, and what you want to get out of this conversation? Absolutely. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for the invite. And yeah, so my name is Ashton. I live in Canada. I just to kind of like set the scene of where I am today, I live in an old farmhouse on top of a hill, surrounded by trees. It's beautiful. I have um, three small children, just very like part of who I am. Important part, that's why I always like to mention it. And I've always been very creative throughout my whole life, but it wasn't until about 10 years ago I was introduced into the world of doodling and visualizing information to help uh, people move through Mm. um, processes and and highlighting their own information to them. So Mm. I started working professionally as a visual storyteller, doodler, live illustrator about 10 years ago now. So it's been quite an incredible, interesting, beautiful, complicated journey (laughs) since then. Yeah, it sounds amazing. And it sounds like you're living in a fairy tale as well. (laughs) <laughs> the house on top of the hill with all the kids everywhere and the, the leaves and stuff in the trees. That's awesome. So let's get right into it. What is it about doodling that it, we can call important? Like people seem to think doodling is a trivial thing and it is a trivial thing. But it seems like if I'm understanding this properly after our last conversation, that the thing that makes doodling important is the fact that it's not important. If that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, I I really love talking about doodling as a beautiful entry point into creativity. And I find that, you know, there's this huge gap between people who think they're creative and, and people who don't think. And I feel like there's so many people who really struggle with identifying themselves as a creative person. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, it's uh, Lisa Condon in her book, Find Your artistic voice calls it like the beginner's gap is like where you want to be. And I find some people just don't bridge that gap because mm-hmm. they, they're they like, oh, well, I'll never be like that person mm-hmm. who's super creative. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even going to bother trying, right? So mm-hmm. it's I find doodling as like a non-threatening 
low barrier to entry way to start making marks that don't have to really mean much in the beginning to kind of help us start to play around with this idea of our relationship to creativity and what does that look like. So um, the doodle has got definitely a bad rap. <laughs> and Sonny Brown, who wrote The Doodle Revolution, kind of redefines what doodling is, which is making meaningless marks to help yourself think. And I really love that sort of new definition of a doodle where it is actually an incredibly powerful tool to help us build this relationship with our creativity. What does that look like? Mm. And get the benefits of what doodling can provide, which is like how we think about information and and getting that onto paper. So that's just the beginning of our conversation today. Like this, you've opened up the floodgates now. So let's start right at the beginning. So some people, like you said, do identify as being non-creative, which to me is, it's almost anti-human in a way, which sounds dramatic. But all I mean by that is, I believe that all human beings are creative and our lives are a process of constantly creating a deeper and deeper relationship with ourselves, others, and life itself in wholeness. So we all have that basic level of creativity. Of course, there is another level of creativity where we need to be skilled to get the best results. So if I want to paint like Leonardo da Vinci or whoever, then obviously I need to practice to be able to do that. But in general, we're all creative whether we have those skills or not, because those skills just allow us to express more, not to um, not be in a state of not being able to express anything, if that makes sense. So the question is, I guess, how do people find themselves in that state, do you think, where they think they're not creative? Where does that come mm-hmm. from? Yeah, and I'm definitely on board with you in terms of the same philosophy of, of really believing that everybody is creative. It's just a matter of what that means to them, right? Mm-hmm. Like I am very... You know, I have a very musical side to myself and a very visual arts side to myself. But that doesn't mean, you know, I think those guys are very like common ways. It doesn't mean that that's someone's path to creativity. It could be storytelling or humor or whatever it is. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, so my experience has been when having conversations with people about this is that at some point in their life, whether they remember it or not, most of the time they do. It was told to them or they had an experience that told them Mm. with or without words, Mm. you are not creative. And their little brain and how we get (laughs) wired as like small children, right? That little wire gets like fused together that says, you know, creativity equals not me. Like I am not creative. Mm. And when I tell this to people, they're like, oh, like most people go, oh yes, I remember when my teacher told me this, or I remember when my parent just had this very flippant, like, you know, very small comment, but Mm. it's these little, for some reason, I think because of what you're saying about creativity is like a human nature. It's like, it's just part of who we are as humans, that for some reason, maybe that humanity Mm. of it, we are more sensitive to the Mm. critiqueness of Mm. our creativity Mm. so that when we're told, you know, like I remember mine very specific, a memory where I 
then said in my brain, oh, I am not creative. It was my grade four teacher told me I was painting wrong because I was holding the paintbrush wrong, whatever that means. Right? So, and we have this like notion of art and creativity when we're growing up that it has to be like yeah. a certain like yeah. color inside the lines. Yeah. Like it has to be done a certain way. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes when my children, they like color in the lines, I'm like, don't worry about it. Like, you don't have to do that. But like, even subconsciously, we take on, wow. you know, these, these mm -hmm. ways of being when it comes to creativity and has to look a certain way and has to feel a certain way. And if it doesn't, mm -hmm. then we do this brain connection of saying, oh, well, I am not creative. Yeah, yeah. Like, ultimately, what we're talking about, if you think about it, is shame and judgment. And Absolutely. As yeah. soon as shame is brought into our lives... That's when we end up living as a mental construct or the ego rather than the experience of whatever it is that we really are. And so as soon as we internalize that shame and it becomes toxic, that's when we end up holding back, hesitating, being forced basically to conform to some idea and set of expectations that only really exists in our heads because we've picked it up from the outside world. And yeah. so... As dramatic as it sounds again, that is why doodling can be kind of revolutionary because ultimately, if I understand all this properly, getting people into the swing of things with doodling is ultimately helping them to start rebelling again in a way. And, and yeah. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love I love that way of looking at it for sure. And like because the doodle has doesn't have like a lot of pressure. Yeah. Right. There's just just make yeah. some marks, yeah. right? Like whereas someone who has this strained relationship with their creativity, getting them to do something mm. might be like way too outside of themselves. Like it might be way too big of a stretch, even yeah. if giving them like a paint by numbers or something like that might even be like way too like, oh, I can't, I can't do it. Right. So I love the, the relationship we can have with doodling is like, because we see it as like, not really important mm, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a beautiful gateway into you know stepping into what creativity looks like for them whether or not they just stop at just doodling and that's great too mm. or if they go oh that's you know oh i did a little doodle that like i'm proud of or i like it or i love how that little swirl did this thing or whatever and mm. we don't have to attach like our personality or mm. who we are as people into mm. a doodle where mm. If we're saying like we'll make make yeah. something or create something, yeah. we tend we tend to like attach our humanness to yeah. it, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. Whereas in doodling, we don't that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Mm. That's why it's so powerful. The main problem I think in all of our lives is our personality or ego that we've become attached to, in order to try and hide from the shame and all the stuff that we picked up in childhood, and that ultimately is why the kind of the, this approach to doodling that you're sharing is important because it helps you to just be in the present moment away from your personality away from your ego and all of the ideas and limited assumptions and stuff that come with it and you're just back to your real self in the present moment and you're reconnecting to just doing things for the sake of doing things you've been outcome independent instead of trying to fit into the lines or to appease your art teacher or whatever it is you're just doing it for the sake of doing it. And actually, I think that is a much more real approach to living and to creativity, which ultimately is real life. And so if you can train yourself to do that, then obviously that's going to have a lot of benefits. 
So are we kind of saying that doodling for people who are, you know, extremely shame driven at the start of this process is helping them to start dissolving the shame and to kind of rewire their relationship with themselves and their programming and all the kind of things that they're holding themselves back with. Yeah, I hope so. And I think it, it, it can just be a bit of a stepping, a stepping stone to other, mm. you know, explorations or getting back to forms of creativity that maybe they did like in the past. But because doodling is so low barrier to entry, mm. like anybody can just pick up like a scrap piece of paper and something to write with. Like mm. everybody has those materials around them. Mm. Whereas like getting, you know, from like a stepping stone perspective, you know, sitting down with paints that you went and purchased with a canvas, like you've invested, mm. right? So you're like, if I don't get into the flow of this yeah, thing, yeah. It, then you start to like shame yourself, right? Because yeah. we talk about like getting into the creative flow. And I think you can mm. do that while doodling, while there's like, there's no skin in the game. There's no yeah. like cost yeah. to us. There's yeah. no like, I didn't have to go out and decide like, you know, like even I, and I've, I've tried many different art forms in my lifetime, but like even I would go to an art store and be like, I don't know what paintbrush to buy. I don't know what paint to buy. Like, I don't know what these materials, I don't know what the difference between this ink and this ink is. And then it makes you feel stupid, right? Yeah, You're like, yeah, I yeah. want to try to do something, but like, I don't know what I'm purchasing. Mm. And then you do buy stuff and you bring it home and then you don't use it or you <laughs> like don't want to start because one, you don't want to like use the expensive materials you just purchased and two, you don't want to like waste them, mm. right? Because we always feel like we tend to have this product versus process, right? Mm. Whereas like doodling as like a yeah. beautiful stepping stone into learning about how you might want to express your creativity. What does that look like for you? You're like, everybody has a pencil and a piece of paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even if it's like a broken crayon, like whatever it is that you need or that you have around you. And it doesn't matter. You can just like throw it away. Like it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be permanent, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I love how you, you were talking about the process. Because I think a lot of the time when we're caught up in living life filtered through the personality or ego we're not really in the process of living we're ultimately just we're living out scripts and patterns and schema and all these kind of conceptual things that we've just been following on autopilot our whole lives and when we're doing that we're not in the real process of living and i think the real process of living is where you you're fully present and you're in the flow state that you were talking about and you're just moving with what needs to happen. You're making your unconscious become conscious and you're just kind of going with life and the, the way that life is taking you and all that kind of stuff. There's no resistance. It's a very real way of doing things. And so doodling is a powerful way to do it because ultimately you're engaged in that process, but you're engaged in a way that's outcome independent. And so you just, you don't care about the results actually. You don't care about the outcome. And that is a very different way of living to the way that most people do live, where they think, if I get certain outcomes, then I can finally feel good about myself. If I make enough money, if I get these art materials, if I do this, if I do that, blah, blah, blah. If I get specific results, I can feel good about myself. But that right. actually, that reinforces the shame because they're only chasing those results right. to try and escape from the shame. And so actually, it's a really clever way of just circumventing all that psychological BS that holds us all back. <laughs> Yeah, that's a really beautiful way to put it. That's for sure. I love that so much. Yeah, I, I think it does. It does like 
everything, you know, kind of in our life goes back to those principles that you're talking about, like the shame, the judgment, Mm -hmm. internalizing all that. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we extrapolate some of these lessons about doodling in a literal sense and apply them to life? Like, can we doodle our way through life in general? What do you think? Like, are there, <laughs> are there lessons? I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, what, what might it look like, though, if that's not putting you on the spot? Oh, my goodness. Um, I think, like, you know, we're, I almost feel like you have to even take a step back and, like, give yourself permission to just put pen to paper again. Because even that can be, like, a challenge for people. Especially now that we're in such a technological technological space, mm. right? So, um, you know, it's like, how can we set up our environment so that's like a way that we can, like if you just have a notepad and pen in front of mm. you at all times, mm. or if you have a notepad and pen in your book bag at all times, mm. right? So that it's like easily accessible, I yeah. think. Yeah. So that when you're like, oh, I need I need to remember this thing. Oh, I could take out my phone and write in an app thing. And maybe you could do that too. But like, you know, I, I can't remember. I wish I remember where this came from. But I was listening to a podcast a couple years back. And they just kept like a, a stack of sticky notes in their their you know, book bag or whatever with a pen. And they would just, every time someone said something that they wanted to remember, they would write it on a sticky note and then they just throw it in their bag. Wow. And then at the end of the week, they would dump it all out and they would like cipher through and they would throw most of the sticky notes away. Cause they're like, oh yeah, <laughs> that, that book recommendation, I'm not actually going to read that, yeah, but yeah. you know, so I throw it and then they keep the things that they actually want to take action on. And I thought that was a really cool way of working. And I love like, like the doodles and making little notes and things for yourself because we can give permission for that not to be permanent mm. we we can it can it doesn't have to stick around whereas like as someone who draws professionally for a living for others i have to actually tell people like my clients please throw this in the garbage <laughs> if this is collecting dust after three years like i have mm. to actually tell them that and they think no oh, no i never will and i'm like yeah because in three years you'll hear my voice saying Ashton gave me permission to throw this away because we always photograph it and it's fine, right? Mm. So, but it's like, I think, you know, being able to incorporate making little notes and things for yourself in that way can also give you the permission that it doesn't, like, like none of it has to be permanent, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a really interesting point. The, like the transitory nature of art, like there's a lot of pressure, it seems, when we create things, I'm going to take this in a whole curveball direction now that we started talking about like things being temporary. But like, if you think about it, right, yeah. there's this book. It's a really amazing book. I don't know if you've read it. It's called The Denial of Death by a guy called Ernest Becker. Basically, in this book, he says, because we're all secretly scared of dying when we're filtering mm. life through the ego, that's how I interpret it anyway, we, um, we try to create these things called immortality projects. And everyone is out there trying to create an immortality project, which is ultimately the most extreme version of outcome dependence. It's like, right, if I create this business, I'm going to leave a legacy. And then when I'm dead, then, you know, people are still going to remember me or I'm going to paint some amazing pictures, create some amazing music or whatever it is. Mm. That is going to be my immortality project so that I can basically not have to worry as much about dying. But actually what you're talking about is, okay, we can take a very real approach to like facing life and reality head head on by realizing that art 
doesn't have to lead us down that pathway. Like, actually, we can throw things away. Like, you can create a doodle, you can keep the doodle if you want, or you can just, like, screw up the paper and, like, throw it in the bin. And that's fine. And in a way, maybe that's a more real approach to doing it. Because ultimately, and this is a curveball, like I said, like, ultimately, even if you do create a, a lasting legacy, like a, a business or whatever immortality project you end up creating, you're still going to be forgotten eventually. Right? Like, eventually, there's not going to be anybody around that remembers you. And so all mm-hmm. of your creativity is gone anyway. And so actually, by taking this temporary approach to things, yeah. you're kind of putting yourself more actively in the in the process of how things actually are. And you don't have to worry about your ego and immortality projects. You can still accept that you're going to die one day. But ultimately, <laughs> like, it's just a very... I know I'm, I'm making this more than it needs to be, maybe, but it's a very, okay. <laughs> it's a very practical way to kind of get into the swing of how life actually is, and it all goes back to the outcome independence thing, I think. Yeah, 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 and I think because doodling, like, it doesn't have that, <laughs> like that that pressure that it's going yeah. to be something that yeah. is hung on a yeah. wall, right? Yeah, we have to kind of redefine what wow. what art is in in general, and I love the the concept of using like drawing and doodling as yeah. like a tool like it's doing something for you whether it's just to be in the flow and just make some marks or whatever or if you're trying to think about a process and get it out of your head and put it down on paper right Mm. um but like you know we i I take pictures of my kids artwork and i throw it all away Yeah. yeah like we can't hold on to like all of the things we've ever created wow (laughs) yeah but the, the same thing applies to our lives, if you think about it, right? So, yeah. If you, I am getting a bit carried away. I've had a lot of coffee. That's for, okay. For a <laughs> That's but okay. That's okay. If you think about it, like, ultimately, for most of us on the planet, our lives are just a doodle that's going to get thrown away. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're kind of just plodding along, experimenting with things here and there. Some things go right. Some things don't. If we're still in that place we were talking about at the start, where we're driven by shame and judgment, then we're going to be putting so much pressure on ourselves to turn this little doodle into something that it can never be. Like Mm -hmm. something that's going to make us immortal, ultimately, or just, you know, everyone's going to be like giving us accolades and like round of applause everywhere we go, whatever it is. But actually, Mm -hmm. most of us are living a doodle and we make ourselves miserable by treating the doodle as something else. And so Mm -hmm. if we can appreciate that, it just takes off so much pressure. That's honestly mm-hmm. how I think. And the only way you can get into the flow state, really, and live in that real way, that real process of flowing towards your vision, is to let go of all the pressure of not seeing the doodle as the doodle, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So I guess the question is, am I getting too carried away? And if I'm not, <laughs> how, how, do we, how do we make this practical? Like in practical terms, how can we just appreciate the, the great doodle of the human condition (laughs) oh my gosh i don't know but i i can i like tell you a little story of like a little vision that went on in my head while you were talking yeah definitely i had this vision of like being in like a super fancy art gallery and just having doodles like on sticky notes all over the wall (laughs) and the installation is me taking each one off the wall and putting it in the garbage yes that's that's the installation Yeah, I think you need to. People do this. don't even get people don't even get to like even necessarily see them. They're not going to see them all wow. because at the beginning of the time you start throwing them away one at a time. Yeah. So by the end of that time is over, they're put in the garbage, wow. right? Yeah. <laughs> like now I'm getting an image in my head. 
And it's ultimately like that installation that you've just described is how the universe sees us. Like we're just kind of doodles that get created for a you know a short amount of time. And then we get thrown in the bin and nobody really understands what the doodle meant or what it was all about. And we're just all trying to grasp meaning and make sense of things. But at the end of the day, it, it all just ends up in the bin. Yeah. What, what, I, a, I, what a cheerful <laughs> podcast episode this is <laughs> turning out to be. Death, throwing things away, our ego, shame. Oh, it's all the good stuff. It's yeah. all the life stuff. <laughs> but we're, we're doodling our way through it. That's how it seems to me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So... How do we bring this back down to earth? So ultimately what I've learned so far is that doodles can help me to bridge the gap between my fear of creativity because of the judgment I've picked up. It can put me on the path to doing greater things. But ultimately, if I do it right, it will also teach me that nothing really matters and <laughs> that somehow embracing that is yeah. going to allow me to, to feel a lot more freedom, I guess, and to tap into my creativity and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe th- this is a good point to think about the benefits. So earlier on, you said, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of benefits to doodling. Mm-hmm. We've, we've basically concluded that the main benefit is that it's going to help us to accept that we're all going to die one day and nothing <laughs> means anything. But what are some other benefits of doodling in this fashion that we're now talking about? Oh my gosh. Well, I love to to work with people and, and do doodling in a sense of like um, looking at our own wisdom, mm-hmm. right? And, wow. and by putting notes and things on paper it can help us connect to that information and help us remember it so even when like the things that are exists are just the memories in our minds right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know just doodling can help us remember up to 29 percent more of information that we might be listening to wow. right so if you doodle for yourself or if you're listening to something and making a little doodle then that i love the fact that it can help you remember things mm-hmm. um from like a like i love talking about doodling from like a learning perspective like mm-hmm. you know like i was i went back to see if i could find any doodles or notes i'd made of this video that i, w- I watched a few months back and i couldn't find it and i'm like well i don't remember anything mm-hmm. from that video that i watched and i really liked the information but i can't remember what the guy said so i have to go back and re-watch it and then make some doodles about it mm-hmm. <laughs> but I could have saved myself all the time if I would have just made some doodles mm. when I watched it the first time, mm. right? Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, because we only have one life as we're talking about life and death, like, we don't necessarily have all this, like, free time to, like, go back and rewatch stuff. And, like, we do live in a very instant gratification world. Mm. And, you know, doodling can actually help us, like, mm. benefit from... <laughs> This kind of way that we've set things up, because if you can make some old doodles about something that Mm. you're feeling or something that you're working through or something you're listening to and Mm. trying to learn from, Mm. you know, it can just kind of expedite. And like, I would hope like if you're listening to something and you want to take it into action, you know, you have to kind of remember it in order Mm. to put it into action. So. Yeah, so I love like talking about doodling from like a learning perspective. Like I think kids should be you know, not just accepted, but like encouraged to doodle Mm. in the classroom. Um, I think we've done ourselves a huge disservice by taking that and making it a Mm. thing that Mm -hmm. if everybody thinks it's distracting, but it's actually helping you stay focused, especially for students that need to be like manipulating something. They need Mm. to be doing something while they're learning. Mm. And I feel like we've done um, students in particular a really great disservice by 
by not letting them and shaming them for for doodling. Yeah, yeah, because there's not a ton of science, but the brain science is there because most of us think in pictures, Mm. right? Putting a picture to our thinking, to our learning, Mm. um, solidifies that moving moving forward, yeah. So that is super practical. Like, that's a really uh, amazing thing that you shared. I know you just said there's not that much like scientific research around it or whatever, but is it, do you think we can make an assumption that when you're doing that, you're basically making a stronger connection between your unconscious and conscious mind? So the, you know, Mm -hmm. the level of your thoughts and learning and conceptual knowledge and all that kind of stuff. Okay, you're bringing in information, but by doodling, you're basically creating some kind of a picture that your unconscious mind is storing to help Mm -hmm. your memory something like that like what do you think is going on yeah I guess it's possible because for me I feel like when you get into that flow state when you experience it that's what you're doing Mm -hmm. you're getting in you're tapping into that other side of yourself that isn't necessarily like Mm -hmm. um actively thinking in that moment potentially right so Yeah. yeah I definitely think there is like a possibility to be able to kind of tap into but yeah letting go Mm. and letting go of it and trying not to worry about the outcome i like doodling because Mm. it just naturally lends itself to not focusing on that outcome Mm. right because if you're focusing on the outcome then it's harder to kind of get into that flow space yeah that's amazing well i feel like we've said a lot more about doodling than i thought we would Um, okay (laughs) like we we've like i didn't think we were going to go into death and like immortality (laughs) projects and all that kind of stuff if you were going to sum all this up how would you do that like how do we what are your final words of wisdom i guess like based on what we've been saying here today in this episode yeah let's see if i can figure out how to like wrap this all up in a bow i'm not really sure if i can do that but I think uh, doodling is is natural to us and mm-hmm. in, in how we live life and a beautiful way to be able to kind of step into getting comfortable with our relationship with creativity in a very like non-threatening mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. barrier barrier free kind of entry into it and um, just would encourage people just to start doodling if they're not a doodler or just keep going if they are. Yeah, I suppose one final question is, when you um, like teach people to doodle, is there a process there? Or do you just say, you know, here's a pen, here's paper, see what happens? Or is there a bit more to it? Or Yeah, I particularly teach people how to take notes, oh. visual notes, right? Yeah. So, but when I, usually like my first few processes is like, what, what do they already have? Right. Mm -hmm. Most people, whether or not they love their handwriting, can write letters. Mm -hmm. Right. And breaking down letters, letters are just a series of different shaped lines. Mm -hmm. So you can draw because you can draw lines and lines make up everything. (laughs) Right. And so usually I start with talking about letters and like, you know, kind of that foundational piece. But then I go into lines and how to use lines and how to draw lines and why do we use lines? Mm. And then we mm. take that line and, and enclose it wow. into a container. So a square, a circle, like, and why you would use those pieces and mm. how can you use them, right? So because I do visual note taking and it's a really, and, and sketch noting is a common term, right? So in terms of like 
how when you're listening to information or you're trying to think through your your ideas, you can mm. use something very basic like the words you already know how to write, whether or not you like your handwriting, that's fine, mm. and some lines and some squares and right, and then you can get into things complicated. Like you, that's like way down the line. But mm. usually, I just like working with people to showing them like the that they can make little doodles just using some lines, wow. right? As, as like a foundational That's amazing. Piece. Have you yeah. got like, um, I guess a simple exercise that people can do. So if they, they've been listening to this episode and they're like hyped up now to go doodle, is there, <laughs> is there like a, I don't know, like an exercise you can give people or anything like that? Well, why don't I tell you what I was doing while we were talking? Mm. Um, which might be interesting to people. I don't know. I just have a little notebook in front of me and a pen and I just wrote words that stuck out to me as you were talking. So I wrote anti-human, I wrote shame brought in, I wrote internalization, skills, process, and then in really big words I wrote life is a doodle, we are just going to throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I just I I I connected some of those ideas with some lines and some arrows, right? Wow. Like yeah. at, at its core, I just, you know, what resonated with me while you were talking um, and, you know, making the, and some of the letter words are larger, like the word doodle was really big. Shame is really big. Mm. Um, and then just using some lines and some arrows and I wrote a circle around something. Right. And now like, wow. I don't need to keep this. I can throw it away after our call, but <laughs> it was a way for me to like stay present in the moment while you were speaking and being able to have some of those words that I might want to speak to as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like actually that's kind of what I've been doing as well. Like I've just been nice. uh, just writing death over and over again, and, like <laughs> put, putting arrows in different places. And some of the, some of them are bigger. A little skull, a little, little cross spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, uh, uh, yes. So anyway, that's awesome. Um, where can people find you if they want to check out your website and all that kind of thing? Yeah, I got a cut. Yeah, I got a couple different places. Like my professional, like live illustration work is at mindseyecreative.ca. And then all things doodling and sketchnoting is at sketchnote.school. Right. Well, I will share both of those in the show notes. But Ashton, thank you for this. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to doodle more often from now on, I think. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. And uh, well, I just appreciate your time and energy. It's been good. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciated the conversation.